The way we answer a lot of our questions, at least throughout our uh, daily life, are uh, pretty telling. So uh, you, you run into somebody at Walmart that you haven't seen in a while, or at church that you haven't seen in a while, and you say, you say, hey, how are you? You know what they usually say? Busy. If they're being honest, they're, they're busy. Um, it's funny that we act like life has happened to us. But life has not happened to us. We've happened to life. Oh, we've got soccer and t-ball and this and that. and It's stressing us out. You're probably stressed out this morning. You're probably anxious about something. You've, you've got something coming up. There's something that's serious. There's something that's exhausting to even think about. Maybe you don't want to get online and look at the bank account, or maybe you don't want to go to that place and try to do the thing because you might fail the thing, and you'd, you'd rather not try and not fail than try and fail. And stressing you out. We have a lot of stuff in our lives that um, can wear us out. Being in a marriage is hard. Being a parent is really tough. Being a grandparent or an elder or a deacon or a member or someone who's trying to get involved is stressful. And the more you think about it, the more it can just weigh on you and you, you, you feel other people's pain and that anxiety is hard to shake. And we just think, if I could just pray about it, God will give me the thing I need. God will give me the, that job. Or God will give me that, that money. Or we'll come into health. Or we will be fine. That's, that's crazy. That's what we think our goal is. Because the other thing you hear is, someone said it earlier, fine. And see, the two extremes in our world apparently are busy and fine. And neither one sounds very good to me. I, I, I just don't like either one of those. If you went to the doctor, said, Doc, how am I doing? Eh, you're fine. That doesn't feel like a ringing endorsement on my health. It doesn't feel like he's not going to give me medicine I have to take six times a day. I don't know how medicine works. That wasn't an excellent analogy. But we have, we think we're busy or we're fine. And if I'm fine, then that's good. But sometimes I say fine when I'm busy. And sometimes I say busy because I would like sympathy while I'm fine. And we are messed up. Because we're stressed out. And when we're stressed out, when we're anxious, we can't do what God has called us to do. You just can't. When you are anxious, when you're stressed out, you can't be a good husband. You can't be a good wife. You can't be a good parent. You can't be a good teenager. And we'll get to teenagers in just a second. You are in a difficult spot to actually do the things God has called you to do. We'll be in 2 Thessalonians this morning because 1 Thessalonians doesn't have a 3.16 and I just bounced that scripture out of here. 
That book doesn't get talked about. It just didn't meet the parameters of the the series. I thought, well, maybe you could do 1 Thessalonians 3.14. Nah. Just moving on. Read 1 Thessalonians on yourself, sinners. Take... 2 Thessalonians 3.14 says, Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instructions in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. Let's hold hold up right there. Verse 14, the instructions in this letter. So there's a lot of instructions in in 2 Thessalonians. There were people that were crazy in Thessalonica, and they, they just didn't understand everything fully. If you go back to Acts, you'll see that Paul came into Thessalonica, started a church, and then got ran out of town. They were actually, they sort of smuggled him out of town. Let's get out of here. He was staying at a guy um, named Jason's house, and they, sh- they showed up and said, hey, where is he? And Jason said, I don't know who you're talking about. And they took him, and they tried him, and they put him in jail, and he had to post bond and get out. And the next day, they kind of snuck out, went on to Berea, where the Christians there were much better. But that, in Thessalonica, there was a little conflict. People were start, people were pointing to people and saying, that guy's stirring up trouble in this place. And in the Roman Empire, that's the thing you shouldn't do is stir up trouble. And so they were being persecuted. They were being imprisoned. They were being, uh, they were being wrongly accused. They weren't getting to sell their goods in the marketplace. It, it, was, it was just this local persecution that was struggling. Everybody was struggling with. So you can count, the, you can count you'd have to take off your shoes to count all the ways that they could be stressed out. You could take, you could, you could count um, pretty consistently multiple, multiple ways that maybe God could send them something that would fix the something that they're struggling with. And there were a lot of people who were not doing real well in this setting. There were some people who said, "Yeah, well, Jesus is coming back. I'm not even going into work." And those same people would spend the day drinking instead, which is a double whammy. Um, and they said, well, what's the point? God's coming back. There were people who, who were just living how they please and saying, well, God, God's grace will cover this. There was, all, there was all sorts of problems just within this tiny little church, and this tiny little church was probably one-fifth, one-sixth the size of this one. There's an exit over there. There's a tiny, this tiny little church had all these problems and it was just a small group of people. And this is the second letter Paul writes them. And so he has received a report back of all the problems. And so he's, he's dealing with them and he says, and if someone can't handle this, then just kind of keep your distance. Now notice he goes on, uh, let's put chapter 5, verse 15 up there. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. So he's, he's asking them to create space from people, but not enemies of people. I think that's an interesting balance to strike, but I don't, we don't have time to really get into it today. He says, you guys, you've got a lot of problems and I've given you a lot of solutions. I've, te- I've given you commands. You have, to, you, you have to live a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And we do this in church a lot. I can give you all sorts of, well, you've got to do this. You've got to be this. You've got to change this. You've got to repent of this. You've got to believe this. You've got to, you've got to tell your friends that. 
When you're a husband, be this kind of husband. When you're a wife, be this kind of wife. When you're a parent, be this kind of parent. When you're a kid, look to your parents this kind of way. And you can feel overwhelmed by the fact, like the fact that you've got to improve can bring you anxiety. Has everyone been there? I want to talk about the brain for a second. And I don't want to lose you. It's going to feel like science for a second. I'm going to try to do it in the best way possible. I will say football occasionally throughout the time just to kind of keep you on track. So your brain is made up of different lobes. They work from front to back and they're stacked on top of each other. I was going to put a picture of a brain up there, but I don't want any of you to be grossed out. This is the thing that most of us have in our heads. And the way it works is the further back in your head you get, the more animalistic it is. So the very base of the brain back here is a, um, what, what they call, it's been called for decades, the lizard brain. It's just your like base instinct. It's the thing that kicks in and it's okay. It's good for it to kick in when like a, like you're driving in a parking lot and you're, uh, and the kid runs out in front of you, your lizard brain kicks in. You make an immediate decision to either, um, fight, flight, or freeze. In that case, you want to freeze. Let's stop moving quickly. So anxiety, like Quick anxiety can be good. It helps you function in, in things. That's why coaches are, are fine yelling at kids and getting them worked up because they, you don't want a kid in a football game or a basketball game going, well, now what do I do next? You don't want them. You just want them to do something. That's why parents in the stands go, 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 go. The most useless advice ever. It's not good advice, but it's just coming from your lizard brain. It's telling, I just, ah. We don't yell other useless advice, right? We don't, after the play's over, we don't then go, now get up off the ground and throw the football back to the referee. We don't just tell them like basic stuff to do. But because in that moment, we just want them to go, go. But sometimes... When we have just like acute anxiety where we have an, we're not actually in a dangerous situation, we operate from back there too. And that's not good. From the back to the front, you have all sorts of different lobes that handle your sight, your, your hearing, and your spatial recognition. You handle all, all and then all, all of the most advanced lobe is the one that makes decisions up front. Studies have shown that when we get anxious, when we have, um, when we're, uh, when we have anxiety, uh, we, you can think of it like a, like a red line. It just works its way back. We lose function of our front part of our brain. And we really operate out of our animal instincts. And so we either want to fight, talk back. We either want to freeze, just sit there quietly and sullenly. Or we want to f- run away, flight, go to my room. Parents of teenagers, have you noticed a trend? I'll tell you something interesting. Uh, 
about 11 or 12, your kid's brain is going to start growing. And guess where it starts growing first? Right back there. And this animal up here doesn't start growing until they're like 21. So you're in for a ride. That's why your kid is going, I'm going to my room. And they go to the room like, what's happening to me? Why am I so angry? Your lizard brain's getting bigger and your thinking brain's not. It's just biology. Your kid's going to be fine. They're going to grow up. They'll quit doing that. Just what's happening in their head. But when you are anxious, you are a bad parent. Because you don't think through what you say before you say it. When you are anxious, you are a bad spouse for the exact same reasons. You don't think through what you say before you say it. I'm guessing everyone's been there in a fight. Someone comes in and blindsides you. Spouse comes in and says, why don't you take out the trash? Your mother! And then all of a sudden... Like, you just, like, you. I'm ready to fight. Or I'm going to not, I'm just, I'm done talking. You're fight, flighting, or free. I'm getting out of here. Because you're thinking with your lizard brain. You're anxious. You're, you're not thinking out of a place of peace. You're not making decisions out of a place of peace. Now, this does not mean you ignore your problems. Actually, this is the only way to actually deal with your problems. Ignoring your problems isn't peace either. That's, uh, scientists call that stupidity. But here's all, after all of the struggles that the Thessalonians wrestled with, after all the problems they have, here's how Paul ends the book. In verse 16. Let's get verse 16 up there. Now may the Lord of peace. I'm just messing with Corbin. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. And in every way, the Lord be with all of you. Wait, hold on, Paul. We are getting imprisoned and having to post bond. I could use money. We are being persecuted. I could use courage. We are being, we are being um, argued with. I could use wisdom. I could use knowledge. I could, use, uh, I could have better instincts. I could use holiness. I could use what gives me something I can use. See, for us, peace is home. But for Paul, I believe peace was the base from which all other good gifts could be rightfully used. It's only from a place of peace that you can use courage and not let it turn into animosity and anger. It's only from a peace, place of peace that you can use wisdom and not let it turn into a, self, a sense of self-importance It's only from a place of peace that you can have knowledge and not get puffed up. Peace for the Jewish people was so so important that that's what they said to each other when they left. They said, Shalom. When they saw each other, Shalom. Peace. 
But Paul puts it into his writings. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Grace and peace. And Christians should be people of grace and peace. I show grace to others. I find peace in myself. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Because it's only from a place of peace. It's only whenever I'm actually not anxious, but I'm using my brain. That that I can actually deal with the problems in front of me. I would say that sometimes when you're anxious, those instincts are good. Sometimes in a fight, you do need to leave the room. Now hear me, for a little bit. Sometimes in a, in a conflict, you do need to be quiet for a little bit. But it's not until I can function out of a place of peace that I'm going to actually function properly. And here's, here's what peace looks like in, in your marriage. Peace is when I know that God's... God's vision of me, God's opinion of me won't change and my self-worth won't change because of what if anyone says. And I can listen to you and we can have a decent conversation because I'm listening to what you say. And I'm actually thinking about what you say instead of how to come back to what you say. This is one I'm guilty of. Parents. Anytime you say, something like that, it doesn't matter what the words are, it's just that tone. To your child, whose choice is that? Who's making the mistake in that situation? We're not thinking a lot of times. We're just reacting. We're just anxiously acting and trying to grab solutions. But the problem is we're not standing on the place that is actually going to let us find solutions. We're not using our brain. We're not working from a place of peace. And we're not following the Lord of peace. If you are in an anxious situation, if you are in a troubling situation, the first step is not to find a solution, but it's it's to find a platform from which a solution can be helpful. It's to find peace. I can be at peace in this. And it's only then that you can find a solution. Rachel and I use saying a couple of phrases a lot that really help us, and we've shared this with you before. We, meaning she said I could share it with you. We say a lot, well, what are they going to do, punch us in the face? We say that a lot. We should ask this person to do that. We should ask this person to do this for us. I don't know, they might not like that. What are they going to do, punch us in the face? The worst, like the worst thing they're going to say is no. 
For us, that does a couple of things. That allows us to just be like, all right, well, this life, most of this life is not that big of a deal. There are some things that are real big deals. But if we get caught up in like minor problems, the energy we spend on those minor problems are going, is, is wasted energy and we're not going to be able to find big solutions for big problems. The Lord of peace gives you peace. Now notice I haven't really given you any like breathing techniques, although those, those do count. But you see what he says here. May the Lord of peace himself give. Peace is a gift of grace from God. It comes from interaction with God. There's no, there's no trick. There's no pill. There's some pills. But there's no... Sometimes the Lord is leading you to Zoloft. I don't, I mean, sometimes. Don't, don't write that down and quote me on Facebook. <laughs> but in the end, there's not like to have this internal peace that helps you function, helps you actually do the will of God. To have, to have that in you, it has to be given to you. Peace is a gift. It's produced by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace. These are things God gives you. They're not things that you earn, that you practice, that you can, can somehow formulate, although you can get better at it. But as you get better at it, it's only because God is allowing you to get better at it. God is working with you through your story. I do think most marriages need better communication techniques. They need to learn how to talk to each other. They need to actually learn how to fight is the, is the best way I'd describe it. They need to learn how to disagree. I believe most parents need to learn how to talk to their child. And understand that their child is a child and not just some annoying grown-up they live with. Because children make annoying grown-ups. They're just tiny and they don't have jobs and they're frustrating and yeah. But they're just a child. We do need to learn to communicate, but it's only when we have peace that we can actually implement the things we learn. And that peace, that peace is from, from God. And I've, I've found, and this, is just, this works for me, so if it doesn't work for you, you can throw it away. But I've found that spending time every day sitting in the presence of God, not having to say anything, just knowing that God is with me, just acknowledging for a while that God is with me. Now, I... We do say, I do say things eventually, but that, that first couple of minutes of just God is holy and I'm in his presence and he loves me is more effective on my life than just about anything I can offer you. Just knowing the God of peace will be with me and I'll be able to handle anything the world throws at me because the God of peace is bigger than 
life and death here on the earth. God conquered death. He can conquer anything. I can handle this. I may die, but I serve a God who can handle it. Once I set that in me, and I have to set it in me every day, but once you set that in yourself, you will find that there's, you can, the world in front of you is anxious. It's, it's anxiety. It's, it's worrisome. But you can do it because you're not alone. And the one who is with you is greater than you, and he gives you gifts of peace and joy and love, self-control, patience. And so when you're patient, thank God for the gift. When you're at peace, thank God for the gift. When you are joyful, thank God for the gift. Because you're not making really good decisions when you're anxious. You're actually close to brain dead when you're anxious. When you're at peace, you are a fully functioning, listening, solution-solving, problem-solving person. You can do it. It's only when God gives you the peace. You can't earn it. Just the Lord of peace himself. May he give you peace in every situation, at all times, in every way. Obviously, this is a time when we typically say, hey, if, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to give your life to the Lord, um, Come forward and acknowledge him as king. We'll unite you in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism. And we'll, we'll praise you and be with you as your church family. And if that's something you need today, then don't hesitate to come forward. We will celebrate with you. But I just think maybe today you need this to go out of here with. Yeah, we'll pray for you. We'll talk about repentance on the front row here. And if you just... You want to raise your hand, we'll come to you. But I think you need to know that the God of peace is excited to give you peace. He's excited to give you peace. Your life does not have to be as anxious as you make it. The world's trying to get you to be busy or fine, and God's trying to give you shalom. That's a gift you are willing to accept. Accept it today, and do not fight it. Pray for peace as a family. Pray for peace as parents. Pray for peace as grandparents, as children. Pray for peace as a, as a husband, as a wife. You need it. You need it more than you ever know you do and God is willing to give you exactly what you need if you need the prayers of the church if you want to give your life to Jesus you can absolutely come forward don't if you don't come forward don't leave this where you sit may the God of peace grant you peace in all situations and at all times. And may the Lord be with you always. Let's stand and sing.